It is your boy Path the Designer back at it again. Appreciate you guys for tuning in and rocking with us for another episode of the Windy City Breeze Sports Talk Daily. On today's show, Bears lose four straight. How the heck do we get here? But are there still positives that we can take away, even in some negatives that definitely come in another Bears loss? Should Bears fans be concerned? About the uses of Chase Claypool, we're going to break that down as well. And hopefully, we're going to listen in to Justin Fields and the coach talking about what led to another disappointing finish by the Chicago Bears. It's Monday, November 21st. Let's go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Appreciate y'all for tuning in and rocking with us for another episode of The Daily Show, man. Hit that like button if you have not done so. Subscribe to the page because we do talk Chicago sports daily on this channel. We do this show Monday through Friday from 11 to 12. Rain, sleet, or snow. Appreciate you guys for showing love as you guys always do, man. As you know... I am back at the gig, so this is a pre-recorded episode, so if there's some information that may have been updated, like about Justin Fields' injury, right, we will drop a separate video on that, but we do appreciate you guys for tuning in and showing love to the channel, showing love to the show. Um, this is this is basically going to be a daily occurrence. Like I said, Monday through Friday, nothing's slowing down, man, so if you're in here and you're going to enjoy this content, go ahead and... Uh, push the button. Come on. Push the button. Come on, push the button. Yeah, come on, push the button. Hit that like button, subscribe to the page, man. We appreciate you guys for showing love. Let's jump into it, man. We're, gonna, we're not going to take too much time. Let's jump right into this thing. Um, we, we got, listen, fourth loss in a row. Um, you've lost now five out of six. Um, Bears and Bulls in a bad spot right now. Uh, but there's there's still that feeling of hope, right? There's still that feeling that there's still some positives to come from this. But, I mean, for me, looking at this game, Justin Fields, fourth quarter, you, you see, right? Like, to me, this was a game where you were looking at a team that was in a very similar position to you. Uh, coming into this, I said that, I thought the Bears should be able to get this game, but right, like I, I wasn't guaranteeing anything. I, I didn't think that this was a, uh, a must win. I think that the tide has turned on the must wins on the Bears at this point because of the Detroit game. I thought the Detroit game was one that would, would uh, if the Bears were able to get that game right, it could have changed the trajectory of their season. It could have changed kind of how they felt going into a lot of these games. I think that one broke a lot of the people in that building. Um, and I think you kind of saw that yesterday, right? Like there were people that were playing, but, but there were a lot of guys you could look at and you were like, man, I just, they were playing harder 
before that Detroit game got there. Not a lot of the big names, right? I think like your Jalen Johnsons, your your uh, Eddie Jackson and guys like that are still going hard uh, and trying to set the tone. But the the other guys, right, the, 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 the intermediate guys, I think you look at some of those guys and you say, yeah, it, it seems like they realize that the writing on the wall is, is what it is on this season. Um, and, and so I thought that that would take effect coming into games after that. And, and it looked like it did in the Atlanta game to me. It, it still looked like there were a lot of things that you can take away from this game and be positive about Justin Fields. Again, being able to go out there and, and make plays with both his arm and his leg, showing the flashes of the quarterback that he can be if we could just get him some god dang protection. But I, I think you saw two worst today that we haven't seen in a while. This is the worst the offensive line has looked in quite some time. And this is the worst that Luke Getzey has looked in quite some time. I thought Luke Getze had a very great, I mean great, first drive of the game. I thought that he dialed it up perfectly. I thought he had the plays coming in. There was a perfect mix of run and pass. Everybody was moving around. Everybody was making plays. But then, right, you saw the Bears start to have an inability to move the ball on the ground. And pairing that with the fact that the offensive line just looked inept, inept in pass pro in this game and just had Justin Fields not being able to spend any time. And it seemed like there was more of a concerted effort that coming into this game that Justin was going to try to pass the ball more. And versus one of the worst pass rushes, legitimately the worst pass rushes in the NFL, Justin Fields was dealing with pressure on every play. This is arguably the worst offensive line in the NFL. Or at least on Sunday they were. Right? Like whether the numbers graded out that way, one way or the other, at least on Sunday they were. And I I just thought, right, like after that, as you go through the rest of the game, right, now Luke Getzey is trying to call plays that are fitting what the offensive line is doing. And you don't have an ability to use your full playbook, especially passing-wise, when you realize if I drop this kid back, he's going to get murdered. And I thought Luke Getzey tried to kind of navigate that through the game and just wasn't doing a very good job at it. And by the end of the game, right, essentially Justin Fields becomes the running quarterback that everybody wants him to be. After he, I, I thought that that last drive, there's a sequence, of course, where Justin Fields ends up running out of bounds. He goes down. They said his shoulder got hurt on the play before that. Um, and, and Justin did come up gimpy. I haven't gotten an update right because this is pre-recorded. So I'm doing this beforehand. Um, so I haven't gotten the latest update on the Bears. If there is a new update, drop that in the chat. Uh, or you guys probably would have heard about it. Um, we'll have another video coming out if there is a new update on him. But again, right, like you you just you looked at Justin. You could see that he was visibly hurt. Uh, I think it was uh, David Montgomery said that you saw Justin essentially come back to the huddle, go through his breathing exercises, try to calm himself down, say he was going to be out there for his team. All things I love. I freaking love, right? But this is your young franchise piece. And instead of protecting him, instead of realizing, all right, this kid's hurt, and he's not going to tell Getsy. And I don't know how, the, I don't, I don't know if there's really a way, right? Like you saw him down there. He ends up getting up. He runs back in the huddle. 
he didn't he didn't say anything about um you know he didn't call to the sideline no team came out so i don't know if there's really a way that getsy would know that justin is hurt outside of just seeing him lay there a little bit longer but maybe he was taking his time maybe he was trying to catch his breath right he had ran out of bounds um so the, the clock is stopped right he's got a little bit more time on that but he, they said justin just went through his breathing exercises got back in the huddle and Got ready to run the next play and wanted to be out there first team. Next play comes in, run play. Now, the only reason that I'm just sitting here just like you're a complete moron is because I don't know 100% that Getsy knew what was going on with Justin if there's no medical team on the field, if they're not relaying any of that information. You know what I'm saying? Like Justin just got back up, walked back in the huddle, walked slow. But you have to realize that he's moving a little bit slower. You have to realize that he's moving a little bit more gingerly as he's walking to the, to the huddle. I mean, you could ask him in the thing, right? Like you can ask him in the headset. I don't know. Are those headsets two-way? They're two-way, aren't they? Like he can talk back or maybe not. But. You you have to know a little bit, like ask him a question. Hey, you good? Send me a thumbs up if you're good. Send me a, a thumbs down if you're, you know what I mean? Like, because this next play is going to be a run. Something to protect your young asset. Something to protect. You don't run him again there. And you can tell, right, like after the last few weeks, Justin has talked about it. The legs are heavy. I'm tired. And exactly what I said I was afraid would happen has happened. They've gone from Justin's legs being an asset to Justin's legs being a necessity this season. And that's what I didn't want to see. I was fine with you dropping back and having Justin essentially just like, hey, if that play breaks down, get the heck out of there. But we've seen less and less of that week after week, right? We've seen more. I mean, literally, I think the Detroit game, right, like a lot of the plays that Justin made with his feet were just um, – were was it the Detroit game or game before the Detroit – maybe it was the game before the Detroit game. Um, a lot of plays that Justin was making with his feet were just instinct. It was just the ability to get to that next level, right? It wasn't Justin being called on design runs. Since then, right, all of a sudden, Lou Getzey's doubling down on the runs. Hey, let's run. Let's go hard. Nope, you're, you're, going, on, you're going on a sneak left. We're going to send you around the right side. You know what I mean? Like, he's, he's going hard on the design runs all of a sudden. And that, that's the thing that I fear. That's the part where, that can get your quarterback hurt. A lot of times, right, if your quarterback's just making a play, being shifty, just, just using his natural ability, that's when you see these guys not be, uh, not end up being injured because they're just using their natural ability to get out of bounds. Or they're just using their natural ability to get to that next level. But we're not seeing that same thing anymore. We're seeing Getsy call a lot of those designed runs. And so now Justin Fields' legs are tired. Uh, he, he, he's, he's a lot more, right, like – He's being put in a lot more positions where in these design runs, they're a lot up the gut or they're right on the left side of that O-line and he's taking shots here. For some reason, the officiating crews just don't see the ball or don't see Justin Fields as a quarterback, essentially, when he slides down. These are the same calls, right, that Brady would end up getting, that Burrow would end up getting. And all of a sudden, right, uh, you're not seeing Justin Fields end up with those same calls. 
He's sliding down. He's taking shots after the play, multiple shots after the play sometimes, and he's not getting those same calls. The officiating crew, and then, of course, right, we're going to get some all 22 that comes back, uh, or, or not all 22. We're going to get some uh, whatever it is where, where they grade the referee after the game, and they're going to say, Justin Fields should have been awarded a uh, – uh, personal foul penalty uh, here is he was hit to the head and he hasn't been. Well, you haven't protected him all season. How about you start doing your dang job? Right? You haven't, you haven't looked at him once this season. And he kind of started getting those calls a little bit in that New England game. But for the most part, right, like he's gone most of the season without getting those same calls. What's up with that? Oh, he's a young quarterback. You got to earn those calls. No, that, that's that's not how the game works. It ain't about earning the calls. Is it a call or not? You know what I mean? So, again, right, different different things there that I look at, and I'm saying, you know, we, we – we, we, and not to say right that's what costs us the game. I'm not I'm not saying that the officiating is the reason that we end up losing this game. I'm not saying that the officiating is the reason that um the Bears take the L to Atlanta because I think there was a ton of plays that the Bears could have made that weren't there. Heck, that shot by that uh, uh, to Darnell Mooney, um, whether it's on Justin or and Mooney's going to take the blame on it, right? I I put on Twitter. I asked on Twitter yesterday, who was that on? Was that overthrow on Mooney, or was that or was that overthrow on Justin, or was that an underrun by Mooney? Um, and the the, the weird part about it was right like that's kind of what the season has been that much right Mooney said he wasn't able to get off said he he was he was a little bit tired from a couple of plays before wasn't able to get into that full speed mode and it looked like that to me right it looked like it was more of an underrun by Mooney than an overthrow by Justin um but no matter what it was that's been the epitome of the season you're off by this much and we haven't been able to get that back together. We haven't been able to find that cohesiveness as a team the entire season. And that's how you, I mean, listen, that, that's how you get the four straight losses, right? And, you, and you're doing things that a team that has a bad roster does. And it's okay to say the Bulls have, or the Bears have a bad roster, right? Like, I, I look at this as, I think a lot of Bears fans gripe coming into the season wasn't that this was a good roster. I think a lot of our gripe was, hey, can we see if it's a good roster before you completely come out and bash us over the head? Can we see if it's a good roster before you completely come out and just destroy this team? Can we see if we've got talent on this team before you completely come out and and say that we're going to be the worst team in football? And guess what? As it's played out, right, we are a pretty bad roster. We are a pretty bad team. We have no offensive line play. Half the offensive line that we signed hasn't been utilized. Half the offensive line that we signed Hasn't been good. A whole, an entire major piece of the offensive line that we signed hasn't been healthy. Right? Lucas Patrick essentially has not been a part of this season. Bad signing right now by Ryan Poles to me. Bad signing right now. You signed a guy that's supposed to be the keystone of your future. And he can't get on the field. 
and he hasn't been able to get on the field the entire year. And when he was able to get on the field, he wasn't even playing center. He played, what, two snaps at center? This is what bad rosters do. 27 to 24 losses to the Atlanta Hawks, right? Just a little bit outside of it. But the thing is, right, we've seen rosters very similar to this that are going into the offseason that we have the next offseason with at least an answer at one of the key positions. And I think we do have that answer at one key position in the quarterback position. Um, And you look at that roster and you, you say, okay, I think we've got an answer here in Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields can be our franchise quarterback. I think he's the quarterback that we've been looking for for a long time. And I love, I love, by the way, that everybody literally couldn't say nothing, couldn't say nothing when Justin Fields was having great games week in, week out. But the second he has a game that's a little bit subpar, and I think I think it's okay to admit that this game was a little bit subpar, right? That he he was a little bit off on some of his throws, right? That, that uh, the, Especially the pass at the end of the game. Whether I, I saw some people arguing whether that was going to Mooney or Monty, um, and Monty tips it. Even if it's going to Mooney, I think that's a, a pass that ends up behind Mooney. I don't know if it turns into an interception, but I do think that's a pass that's behind Mooney. Um, and so for me, it, it doesn't matter, right? Like it wouldn't, have, it wouldn't have turned into anything. Maybe you're able to continue to go down the field, but again, right, a throw behind a player, right? Like that seemed to be the theme of Justin Fields all day that day. Um, and then just the continued non-usage of Chase Claypool, right? Like that's where your roster is right now. And I do want to get into that, man. I want to talk about that as well because that to me is the biggest concern that I have with this Bears team coming into this game um, week three now of Chase Claypool. And by the way, if you guys are in here, man, hit that like button, subscribe to the page. We do talk Chicago sports daily. Push the button. Come on. Push the button. Come on. Push the button. Yeah, come on. Push the button. Hit that like button, man. We appreciate you guys for tuning in and showing love to the show. Here's Here's a question, right? that I have on the roster. And it's what I've been asking kind of these last four weeks, because you're looking for the positives through the negatives of this roster. Who are the pieces that are going to make other guys' lives easier? What do I mean by that? Who are the pieces that are going to come in and make Justin Fields' life easier? Who are the pieces that are going to come in and make... Darnell Mooney's life easier. Cole Komet's life easier, who had a a heck of a catch, by the way. That might be a catch of the year candidate by Cole Komet. And I saw a lot of people just like, uh, that's a better catch than it is a throw. Okay. I I thought the ball was there and he held on to it when he took the shot. And that's what big boy tight ends do. Good catch. Good, good, Good ability to bring that down. Shout out to Cole Komet. To me, another guy who's improving every week. Now, I'm looking at both sides of the ball here with that with that question as well, right? Who's going to make life easier? I have to credit Jack Sanborn. Jack Sanborn's out there making people's lives easier, baby. Jack Sanborn's showing some instinct, showing some heart, some hustle. I love it. Thought he played a really good game. Thought the defense of a whole struggle, but if, if you just watch Sanborn all day, I thought he played a really good game. Um, I was focused in on Sanborn in this one. Who are the pieces that make the Bears' life easier? 
And I thought Chase Claypool was going to be that piece. I thought that the Bears thought that Chase Claypool was going to be that piece. You gave up a high second round pick, right? Right now, Chicago Bears are picking third overall. So that means that second round pick would would be what? A, what is that pick? That would be a, it's 33, right? 33, somewhere in there. 35, 34, that's a high second round pick. You traded that away to bring Chase Claypool in. And yet I continue to see him not used in the offense in any way. And if there's ever been a criticism that I might look at Luke Getzey and say, yeah, that's one thing that I think he absolutely could work on. It's the fact that there's been a lot of changes to this offense. And we haven't seen those changes implemented quickly. Now, when those changes do come, we see them try to implement them. And sometimes a rapport just isn't built. But I think about right early on in the season, we thought that Luke Getze was going to work Nikhil Harry in for Justin Fields. That was going to be the the relief, right? We traded a seventh-round pick for this guy. Seventh-round pick, it is what it is. But that was going to be the relief that comes to the team was working in Nikhil Harry to our system. And we never saw him used, really. I mean, he he essentially got like four or five passes thrown his way. Just about caught all of them, scored a touchdown. And now he's been inactive for the last three weeks. Right? Like, we, we're not seeing that change added in. When Valus Jones finally got healthy, we thought, okay, now Justin's going to get some speed on this offense. Now we're going to start using him more. Now, granted, right, the punts that come down, he misses the punts, right? I call him a 35-year-old, right? Like, all of that, okay, I'm here for that. I thought I thought he should have been, you know, sat down. And you know what? He got an opportunity to return a kickoff, and he, he took advantage of that opportunity. Had a, had a good run back on that. I thought he was going to be able to break to the house. Love it. But he was drafted in the third round as a wide receiver, and we haven't worked him into the offense. At all, basically. I mean, end arounds. But we're not even using him consistently on gadget plays. Chase Claypool comes here. Boom. Second round pick. You got to use this guy. This has got to be the guy that's going to help Justin Fields out, right? I love it. And I understand. He's still trying to figure out the playbook. Listen, whenever he's on the field, right, Justin's telling him where to be. He's still trying to figure out the playbook. We're three weeks into this which tells you that it's probably very different from what he was running in Pittsburgh. He's probably running, it's probably a completely different, you know, everything, calls, scheme, different things like that, that he's trying to get down. And he's done, and in three weeks, right, probably hasn't been able to get it down. But you're telling me there's no plays in there? 
that you can say, hey, this play is go be big. This play is go, go, go be large in the middle of the field. You're six, what is he, six four? He's a monster. Go just go be big. There's nothing we can use Chase Claypool on. And I feel like, right, that's been the one thing that I've looked at Getsy fairly consistently this season. I've said, like, the change doesn't do him well. He's very comfortable with Demo. He's very comfortable with going to commit. And so is Justin Fields. And maybe this is a, this is a Justin Fields thing, right? Maybe this is playing into that, that, hey, I'm not going to get you the ball until you know where the heck to go. Or until I can trust that you're going to be in that position. Maybe this is a Justin Fields thing and it's not a Getsy thing. But again, right, we didn't see Claypool on the field a ton. There were times in the game where literally I was like, is he out there? Is he out there to play at all? And he wasn't, right? Like, you, you look at it, he's not. Yeah, where the heck is Chase Claypool at? We spent a second-round pick on this guy. He can't at least be standing on the field? Again, I talked about this last week. Is he? Can he be a decoy? Can he look like he's a threat out there? You're telling me there's nothing he can do. And so not to say that I'm concerned right now. I don't think that I'm overly concerned that the Bears aren't using Chase Claypool nearly as much. I think it's I think it's more of the fact that he's kind of just working his way into this system. He's working his way into uh, trying to figure out what the heck's going on, right? But But – not for nothing. Two targets for 11 yards ain't exactly what I thought we were getting here with this top receiver. And I told y'all the kind of receiver I think that he can be. I think he's a number one. I do. I think he's an amazing talent. I thought he was amazing talent coming out of Notre Dame. I thought he got put on a team that didn't give him an opportunity to go out there and show all of his talents. First season, right, Ben kind of slinging it still a little bit, and he's able to make some plays with him. Second season, Ben not slinging it anymore. They're going to him less and less. Third season, they're not even going to him at all. Right, like, I, I, I thought that situation situationally, he kind of got pushed to the back burner. But coming here, right, Situation changes. He's going to have the ability to be your number one. He's going to, you're not using him like you want him to eventually be that number one. You're not using him like you gave a high second round pick for. Right? Like to me, it, it, there should be five to seven plays that he's, that, that are just his play. Right? Like that's, that's how you use the number one. What's his play? It's, it's Chase's play. You should have an ability three weeks into this thing. Again, not saying that he's going to have a full grasp of the entire playbook, not saying that he's going to have a full grasp of uh, everything that's going into the ins and outs of the offense. I don't I don't believe that he would right? like three weeks into this, this is a completely new language. He's trying to figure it out. It takes guys entire training camps to figure this thing out. He's trying to do it in three, four weeks. So I don't think that, right, like I think we'll see more of Chase as the season goes on, but I thought this was a game where you'd get him at least some opportunity, right, three weeks in. He, sh he should know five to seven plays by now. Hi, second round pick you gave up for this guy. We can't, we can't get him five to seven targets? 
I don't know how well, and this has been this has been the question that to me is on Getsy. How well do you deal with change from your top targets? Adding something else in. And for the most part this season, we haven't seen them deal with it at all. We've seen the same core the entire season, right? Byron Pringle comes back off of IR. We ain't using him. We've seen Dante Pettis, EQ, Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet, the guys that were there with him in training camp. Those have been the guys focused on. Maybe it's on Justin to go to these guys. Maybe these guys are being schemed into the play, and Justin isn't trusting what he's seeing with these guys, right? I haven't seen the All-22 from the Atlanta game yet. I think that drops the day at 5, so I'll check that out and kind of see what we're seeing with Claypool. But I I, I really just thought, right, like there, there would be more of an effort on the OC's part to put him out there and go to him in these moments. And I feel like, right, we've seen, and I think here's the biggest part of it too. In the game where he knew the least, we saw him the most. In the game where literally he didn't know the playbook. He had no idea what the playbook was. That's when we saw him the most. Since then, right? Oh, next week he's gonna know more plays. He's gonna be more comfortable with Justin Fields. They're working a lot after the play, after practice. One target. We get in the third week. Okay, now this is gonna be the week. This is gonna be the breakout week. Let's go, baby. This is what I want to see. Let's get to that. Ne- Two targets. You know what I mean? Like at, at least to me. I thought that we would have seen more out of this at this point. And by the way, his longest target is only six yards. We're not even seeing him get down the field. So I don't know if I have a concern that the Bears have Chase Claypool. I don't know if I have a concern that it's a wasted pick, but there is a concern with me that Luke Getze hasn't found a way to work different guys into this system. Right now, you you look through the catch chart. Monty, Komet, Mooney, EQ. That's been all season. That's been all season. And I think that's the part that concerns me, right? Getsy doesn't seem to have that ability to pivot off of it in the middle of the season. I thought he's done a really good job pivoting in other areas, right? I thought he's done a really good job dealing with how the offensive line has shifted every single week, essentially. I thought he's done a really good job dealing with how Justin Fields has had to use his legs and use his arm. But in this Atlanta game, right, again, I said I thought we saw the worst out of every situation that we could have seen this season. And to me, right, that ended up being the Chicago Bears offensive line looking the worst it did, Luke Getze looking the worst that he has in a few weeks as a play caller, Uh, maybe the worst all season that he has as a play caller. And, um, I mean, honestly – just just showing a, a inability to um, pivot 
what, what's the right way to say it? Showing an inability to take advantage of a team that you should have taken advantage of, at least on the offensive line standpoint. And showing again that this is just a poorly put together roster. I don't think that, you know, I saw somebody say yesterday, Justin Fields is fully committed to this tank. I don't think that Justin Fields is tanking. I don't think that the players on the field are tanking. I don't think that Fluce is tanking. I think you just have a very subpar roster that's not anywhere near what level it should be. And the only hope you got is that next season you're able to come out and you're able to pay some guys to get in here and you're able to draft these right guys. But again, right, like, I I don't know if next season you want to see seven, eight rookies that are just right on the field out there to protect Justin or or that's his top target. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't know if that's the route that we want to go at the end of all this, but I do want to know how you guys feel. Let me know in the comments below. I'll be down there talking with you as well. Let me know in the comments in the chat as well. Appreciate you guys for tuning in to rocket with us. We want to listen into our coach, man, because I had coach had something to say about the loss to Atlanta. Um, Spoke after the game and basically right. Like just talked about, essentially the same things execution what led to this loss how the bears got here let's listen in to coach Flus after the game and then we'll listen in to justin fields um and and we'll break down kind of what we're hearing man i'm starting the, the game there you know obviously the takeaways we had the one that we had on punt uh, was a really good uh, you know cause fumble by dhc you know then jack recovered it i think that was a big we threw the challenge flag there and got the challenge which was uh, really good from information upstairs. So that was outstanding. Um, you know, and then we, we had another uh, takeaway. You know, it was really good. They broke out a run there, caused fumble by Brisker, you know, recovered, you know, by 33. Uh, Jalen did a nice job there and a nice return by him. You know, we capitalized on that and got a TD from that one. Um, and then, then the big kick return, you know, by, the, by one of the best kick returners, you know, in the league, obviously, um, has done a great job over the years. And we got to do a better job on our cover teams. You know, our, our cover team there had to do a better job. The safeties had to squeeze in, keep it there to midfield. Uh, so we had to do a better job on that one. Then the first half ended with, uh, you know, we missed that long field goal. We decided to go for that. Cairo uh, feels good about that inside um, at that distance. You know, he hit it a little bit low, a little bit too much on the middle part of the ball. And uh, But we thought the snap and the hold was good. Um, so, but... Uh, I'm sure he wishes he could have that one back. But uh, then they got a couple first downs, kicked the field goal, so it's 17-17 tie. And then really at the th- in the third quarter, it's back and forth, you know, a little bit. Um, and then it all comes down to the finish. You know, we talked about the ball, you know, us winning the ball in this game um, and also talking about the finish. And uh, we have to do a better job. I told the guys at the end of the game, offense, defense, and kicking, we have to play complimentary football in the fourth quarter. And we have to do that to be able to seal these games. Uh, but... Uh, you know, love the way the guys fought. They battled. We were in it at the very end, and uh, we just got to execute better at the end. I'll open the questions from there. Yeah. Yeah. So we're we're getting him evaluated by the by the doctors right now. Uh, it's his left shoulder, so we'll see where it goes. Again, we'll have an update. You know, on Wednesday, uh, we don't know what it is. Obviously, we're going to take a look at it and, and see what it is. Did he injure the shoulder on the slide? I don't know. I don't know. You have to ask him. I know he's coming in here shortly, but you have to ask him. I thought it was the play before, but uh, maybe not. Ask him. Well, 
Yeah, I think it's everybody. I think it really is everybody. I think it is, you know, uh, the coaches, you know, setting us up, you know, defense getting stops when they need them um, to set our offense up so they're not even in that situation. You know, that's, that would be good. And then also the, the offense when they do get in that situation, I think it starts with the coaching first um, and taking accountability for that. And then I think it comes down to us executing in practice. You know, we do a good job of setting things up in practice uh, to be able to perform in the games. And we just got to keep doing a better job. And when we see it in practice, that's when we're going to see it in the game. Matt, how do you make sure that big picture you guys are still progressing even as pile up? Yeah, just rely on the men in the room. You know, the men, the men that's in that room right there, just rely on them. I looked at every one of those guys in the eye, just rely on their character. It's, it's, that's not a hard thing to do. Um, you know, uh, obviously, we're, we're not accomplishing the main goal, which is winning. You know, and that, that's an important thing. But there's also another process to that. You know, we always look at the good and the bad in every game because there are good and bad in every game. So, like we said, always say we want to look at the, the negatives and say, how can we improve on those? And we got to keep improving on that. And then we're building a football team here, and we got to keep improving on those things. But there's a lot of good things we did do, and we got to keep, keep doing those things. It was good. I, you know, I, I was really, you know, the shot that he should have hit, you know, just missed Mooney. I mean, that was a well-thrown ball, and that thing was that was, thing was on a rope. And uh, just a couple more steps there, maybe we could have had that one. So, But I was really, really impressed with that. I mean, the throw he threw to David Montgomery on the side of the scramble, man, that thing was on a dime. That was excellent. Uh, Mooney's touchdown, I mean, that was, that was beautiful too. So he had a lot of good plays out there today, and he's just keep growing and growing and growing and getting better and better. Yeah, we just gotta. Yeah, we just gotta operate. We just gotta operate in that two-minute situation. You know, we gotta execute in those moments, and uh, we just gotta keep our eyes forward and, and execute next time. No, it was good. I mean, obviously the the Valus return. What was that? Fifty-five yards. I want to say that was that set up the first score. Obviously, uh, that was excellent. The cause fumble. You know, we didn't. I know we didn't reap the benefits of that on that particular one, but we made a stop on defense, and then the very next drive we ended up scoring a field goal, I believe, on the, on that one. But uh, um, yeah, this you know special teams. You know, it comes down. We had a lot of good plays on special teams today. So obviously the big kick return, you know, negates some of that. But uh, again, it's all eleven guys out there on the cover squad. The, the timing of the, of the Patterson return seemed really go against you when you had a ten point lead. It just I don't. Know, I won't say it turned the game around, but just no, I mean, uh, we know there's going to be ups and downs to a game. There's going to be adversities as we go, and we're always going to respond to those adversities. You know, will we always come out on top? Sometimes we will. Sometimes we, you know, it'll go the other way. But we're going to respond the same way. You know, we're going to have our eyes forward. You know, what's going to happen? It happens. You know, in every game. You know, so the, how we respond to adversity is very important to our football team. For on on the two minute drive? Yes. Well, you guys have no, we were just in two minute operation. That's Luke's calling the calling the game there like he always like he always does. And what, did, what did you and him discuss about those play calls after? The no, I, I'm just telling him what you know. What my communication to him is it's it's simple. Is that I'm telling him what the operation of the offense is, meaning you're on the ball or I'm calling timeout so he knows, okay? And then he rips the call, and then we're in two minute mode from there. And then then when it gets to a certain point, I say, hey, I'm timeout on on him. Timeout inbounds on the next play. I might tell him that, but uh, 
Um, we're just uh, operating in our normal two-minute mode. Right, but after the fact, what was your, you and Getsy's assessment of the plays you guys called again? Yeah, we're going to do that on the plane and tomorrow. We'll, we'll assess those things. Right. No, that was a good play. I mean, the defense had him hemmed up in the in the backfield there. You know, so you're talking about the third one, that third down going to fourth yeah, down. Yeah. Yeah. So I just think we gotta, yeah, we gotta do a better job tackling lower there. You know, so when you take a man's legs away from him, you stop him where he stands, and uh, we have to do a better job there. You know, so I think we're just tackling a little bit too high there, so he stayed alive. Right, very strong man. Right, we all seen him run. And uh, he got it to fourth and one. Then on the fourth and one play, we got to shoot our gap. You know, a linebacker's got to shoot his gap, at least give us an opportunity to stuff him in the hole there. How do you assess at the end of the game like that uh, whether Justin should keep playing in that situation as the injury? Yeah, I just, you know, leave it up to the medical staff. That's that's how we do it. This player and medical staff assess that, and we go from there. Matt, as the head coach and having a young play caller like McGetsy, what is your role in helping him find yeah, I would just say that, you know, with Alan and with Luke and with HT, our conversations are just what we can do that we think is best for the football team. And uh, I have conversations with all three of those guys. So it's no different if it's on offense or defense or kicking. But uh, we always have those conversations, put our players in the best place to succeed, and our play calls should reflect that. Yeah. Yeah, so we worked with Tevin. You know, so Tevin, before the game, said that, hey, I'm able, you know, I'm still a little bit hurt, right? But I'm able to be there as a backup, you know, if needed in an emergency. So that's where he was today. That's why he didn't rotate. If he was a little bit better, you know, we would have rotated him in there. Um, uh, but he wasn't at that point. Okay. All right, thank you. That was Coach Floose breaking down what he saw in that game, and essentially, right, a lot of questions on Lou Getzey, a lot of questions on uh, Lou Getzey's ability to to make the right play call at the end of that game, right? Lou, Lou Getzey, a lot of a lot of people looking at Getzey this week, and and we do have to remember that this is a young play caller just figuring it out as he goes as well. Not to say that that's an excuse, but. It just is what it is, right? That, that's where this team exists. You've got a lot of young guys making a lot of uh, new leaps, including Coach Flues, who who maybe isn't a young guy, right? Like, I guess I guess in in theory, right, you can't call him a young guy, but you also have to look at Coach Flues and say, hey, like he's a guy who's also trying to figure this out on the fly. He's a guy who's also trying to figure out how to make plays as the game is going on. Um, and to me, right, like the biggest thing in these moments is that how are they going to grow from this? How are they going to adjust from this? How are they? And, and I still have some questions on Getsy with that. I do, right? Like, again, I, I talked about with, with Chase Claypool in that situation. Why aren't we seeing more Claypool? Why aren't we going to more Claypool? I thought the play calling down in that two-minute drill was a little bit suspect. Um, there's been times this season where that play call hasn't been suspect. There's been times this season where the players didn't make plays. There's been times this season where uh, I thought Luke called the perfect play. 
and the team dialed up the perfect defense to stop the perfect play, right? There's always that element of it to it, too. Um, I, I thought there's been times this season where, you know, which game was it? Where uh, it was a, we won the Patriots game, so it couldn't have been that one. Whichever game where the ball, like, he's dialing up the perfect play, Justin puts the perfect pass out there, EQ doesn't bring the ball in. Um, I thought that we've seen a lot of that, right? That's what a growing football team with a subpar roster will do. Where you've got one piece that can literally, and essentially, right, what the Bears have gone to here is, Justin, we're putting the team on your shoulders. See how long you can hold us up. And Justin Fields has been able to hold up his end of the bargain just about till that fourth quarter final drive where there's just, it seems like there's not enough gas left or the rest of the team just doesn't have enough talent, <laughs> essentially, to to help him push you over the top. Uh, and of course, right, Justin's not going to be one that's going to sit there and and he's going to put the blame on somebody else. I, I think that's the thing that I love about it, right? Shows that he's a leader, shows that he's somebody who's going to go out there and he's going to take the brunt of the media's blame. He knows what it's like to be a, a, a quarterback um, he, he knows what the responsibility of a quarterback is on a lot of these plays, and he's going to take the shots that uh, that that are going to come his way, right? And so, um, I I just I I feel like right in this game, right there, there's just it, it's the down of the ups and downs of putting this team together. It's the down of the ups and downs of having a new play caller. It's the downs of the ups and downs of having a, a young quarterback figuring out this system and having a quarterback that you seemingly committed to him just running the football every third play. You know, like it's, it's not, again, I, I said, I don't want to see you guys fall in love with him being a running quarterback. I want you guys to use him as what he is. He's a quarterback that can throw the ball that can run. And his running ability is an amazing asset that you want to use. I'm not saying take it away, right? Hey, you saw, and, and here's the one thing that I love, right? Like he's a quarterback that runs the football. And yet you watch Jalen Hurts yesterday run the football for what? Two touchdowns yesterday? Right, he ran, ran the football pretty consistently yesterday. Now, still, right, had the ability to pass the football, but he only had 190 passing yards. He had 86 rushing yards. That's your MVP candidate, by the way. <laughs> right, like it's only bad when it's Justin Fields running the football. He only runs the football. I hate to tell y'all this, but update your narratives. Quarterbacks are dual threats now, and they run a lot. You got dual threat quarterbacks in this league, and, they, and they're going to use their legs. Welcome to the modern NFL. This ain't the 50s, 60s, 70s. Yeah, I mean, like, and I'm not saying that th these guys aren't going to take their shots. I, I'd like to see Justin, uh, not, I'd like to see Justin designed run less. I would like to see that. But he's going to use his legs. It's an asset. It's something that he has that most people don't. It's not a bad thing that he's using his legs. I would like to see him using his arm more, but in this game, right, there just wasn't an ability for it. The offensive line was so god off. And I think, here's the wild part, right? I think if, if, you're, if you watched that game yesterday, Justin Fields was not leaving the pocket nearly as much. He was trying to stand back there and make throws. 
And it was just like, all of a sudden, this pass rush was just destroying him, play in and play out. The pass rush was just all over him every single time he was trying to stand back there and make a play with his arm. But the one thing that I love, and the one thing that I'll say I compare him more to Josh Allen with than anybody else, Justin doesn't just take off. Sometimes it bites him in the butt that he doesn't. But Justin doesn't just take off. And a lot of these play calls where Getsy puts him in that situation, stuff like that, Justin Fields is like, let me keep my eyes down the field. Let me see if I can make a play here with the arm. Uh, I got to try and fit something in here. Mm, there's nothing. I'm going to take off. It didn't work today. Or yesterday. It didn't work. It sucks. It didn't work. But I, I didn't think I, – I don't look at Justin Fields – in this especially, I, I'll say, right, there's more positives to me coming out of this game on Justin Fields than there are negatives. There's more positives coming out of this game. Again, on this offense, and there are negatives. I thought there were some more plays that the Bears could make. Bears still end up being able to put up 24 points. I think if you take anything away, right, your defense only gave up 17 in this game. But again, a Falcons offense, that's also a little bit, mm, eh. But I think that Jack Sanborn settling into his role really well. I think that there's a lot of good things you can take away from this team. I do. But is there enough for you to come away with the W? And I think that's the part the Bears have just barely been missing. Again, a Darnell Mooney pass away. A Darnell Mooney pass away from everything else being a moot point. That's been the Bears' season this season. Appreciate y'all for tuning in to Rocket with us. Hit that like button, subscribe to the page. We are going to listen to our quarterback. He had about a four-minute uh, stint at the podium. But before we do that, man, I need y'all to do me one thing. And, uh, push the button. Come on. Push the button. Come on, push the button. Yeah, come on, push the button. Don't you dare miss hitting that like button like Justin missed Darnell Mooney on that pass. Let's listen in to Justin Fields. Hear what he had to talk about. Hear what he was seeing on the field. And hear how that shoulder is feeling. That's my left shoulder. Uh, they're still looking for the detail. Yeah, it was the first play of the last drive. Um, and, uh, I don't even know what happened, to be honest with you. I think I just landed on her or something like that. So, yeah, it was just hurting after that. Yeah, I was cramping pretty much the whole fourth quarter, so just fighting through cramps and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, new and different. I'm not sure yet. I'm just going to take it day by day. I mean, yeah, I was hurting, but again, it was the last try of the game. So I tried to be there for my teammates and, um, you know, fight through the pain. Uh, no, I don't think it was that shoulder. I'm not. I'm not even sure. I was just the same amount of pain, to be honest with you. Um, like I think I told the trainers. It, I don't. It was. I think it was the first play, but I told them when I got to the sideline it was the second play. But I think looking back at it, it was the first play. So just you know, back to back plays. Did you feel like you were hit late after you split on that play? Yeah, I was. Does it, even though it's your non-throwing shoulder, does it affect your throwing motion and your range and everything? Um, I think so, a little bit. So, um, like the pain right now is. Pretty, pretty, pretty bad, but, um, you know, again, I'll just take it day by day and see how it feels later in the week. In the initial uh, evaluation, did they, were they able to rule out, like, dislocated or anything like 
Um, like I said, I don't even know. I think the doctors took the picture and they said they were going to talk about it and go over it and just let me know later. I'm sure you were hoping to have some time for family and friends here after the game. Were you able to get with them? Uh, no, I haven't seen them yet after the game. Ended, I went and got an x-ray and um, took a shower, got an IV. So, um, and yeah, now I'm here. So. Um, not really. I think, you know, playing in a dome today uh, where the weather was cold, probably sweating a little bit more, um, you know, nutrients get out of you quicker. So just got to make sure I, you know, prepare uh, before the game and, you know, uh, hydrate and, you know, eat up. Yeah, just, what, just overthrew him, right? I think, so. I think I don't even, I think I just overthrew him. I'm just missing. Justin, were, were you going for, for Montgomery there? Or when he was coming behind him, it was hard to tell where, where you were at. Um, yeah, I was going for uh, Demo on that. Hey, hey, hey. That was slick. That was a slick move. I think, listen, I think they, they called David Montgomery Demo, right? Like, But but come on, uh, you, were you going for Mo D-Monty or D-Mooney? Yeah, I was going for Demo. <laughs> I respect it, Justin. I respect it. It was all right. Um, you know, like I said, just kind of keep improving, keep getting better, and um, yeah, just keep working. Did Atlanta do anything different to try to contain you that maybe the other past couple weeks? Yeah, they were just with their DNs on the zone read. They were just mesh charge rather than you know letting me read their DNs and you know get around them. So um, that's kind of how they handled the uh, zone read game, and you know they were playing a lot of quarters just to have that you know safety come down and help uh, in the run game. And um, yeah, so that's the you know biggest thing they did in the ring. Justin, what do you guys think you should do to make sure that this leads to your offense and kind of collapse the way you recommend? Just keep getting better. Um, you know, take uh, each day, you know, on its own, and just keep working. I mean, control we can control. Uh, what happens? It's in the past now. So again, you know, just you know, keep preparing for the future. Keep getting better. And um, you know, I know the character of our you know coaches, our team. Um, and, you know, they're going to come to work and, you know, get ready to work. So it's just like just, you know, taking each day and just coming to work and, you know, making the most of it. That was Justin Fields breaking down kind of what he was seeing. And on that last play, he said, I, now he said Demo. I, I think that means David Montgomery. He was going to Montgomery, which means that's an overthrow. Um, yeah, bad throw. He's dealing with some injury, dealing with some pain. Uh, said that there was a little bit of a limitation in the throwing motion after the pain. Um, again, the fact that you've got a quarterback that, that's willing to go out there and, and fight through the pain. Um, a, a quarterback that's willing to go out there and fight through the injury to try and make that last drive work uh, just wasn't able to. Um, I, I look at that as, as a positive for the Chicago Bears team. I look at that as a positive for this team as a whole. Um, I want to give credit to – and here's, here's, <laughs> here's a tough one for me, right? The game as a whole, right, I thought that there was a lot of things that Justin Fields did with his legs really well. But I want y'all to go back and watch this game. And this is tough for me to say. Because y'all know my stance on running backs. I do not believe that you pay a running back. I do not believe that um, running backs in today's NFL hold the value that they once did. And so for me, right, like you can find that guy again. 
And not to say that I don't believe you can't find a David Montgomery. I think you could draft that guy. But the Chicago Bears might have to pay David Montgomery. I'm not saying you throw the world at him. But I'll tell you this right now. Not even because of his running ability. But in this game, a game where the pass pro was atrocious. David Montgomery was so key to keeping plays alive. David Montgomery was so key to blocking for Justin Fields. David Montgomery is the only running back. He might be the best blocking running back in the NFL outside of like Derrick Henry just because he's a monster of a man and Cordero Patterson kind of the same. By the way, did y'all see that play where like Jack Sanborn literally just blows up Cordero Patterson and Cordero's just like, okay, I'm, I still got you though. Shout out to Jack Sanborn. Shout out to Cordero Patterson. I miss Cordero. I miss Cordero. But at the end of the day, y'all see I'm trying to like deflect because I can't believe I'm saying it. I think you might have to actually pay David Montgomery. (laughs) Because going into next season, unless you feel like you're going to find an asset that is going to come in and be able to block for you perfectly, right? Maybe you maybe you go out and you find another running back that's already in the league that's able to do that, has that ability to do that, and you pay him a little bit less. But in that situation, you're still paying a running back. I'm not in the market of paying running backs. I don't think that Ryan Poles is in the market of paying running backs. But what I do think is that Ryan Poles is in the market of protecting Justin Fields. Why do I think that? Because Demo didn't get traded. And right now, your best way to protect Justin Fields going into next season until you know exactly what you're bringing in in the offensive line, until you know exactly what you're bringing in uh, draft-wise, right? Until you know what those players are going to pan out to be. I'll tell you what, Tristan Ebner ain't the answer. (laughs) Tristan Ebner looks atrocious in pass block. Um, I think he can run the ball pretty well. I think, he's, I think he's a pretty decent running back. If you, you know, he, he didn't get a ton of run. What did he get? Like three carries? I think in that game as a whole, Monty pretty much shouldered the load of that game. What did he end up? Ebner got six carries, eight yards, right? Like Monty shouldered the load running the ball. But uh, I don't think you can go into this offseason and into next season without an answer in the backfield to help protect Justin Fields. And I think Monty's that only answer right now. And yeah, I I, I have to give credit where credit is due. I thought that he he he's. I mean, I I know Monty can play, right? I especially right. I I think his uh, his receiving game has improved tremendously. Um, when when you saw him right, Justin Fields basically d- directing traffic and getting Monty open. Monty cuts up field. Justin drops a dime on him. Boom! We're moving the chains. Let's keep it going. I thought that uh, uh, Monty. I, th- I think that Monty can also be more of an asset receiving the football, very much like he was. He had three receptions for fifty four yards. Three receptions for fifty four yards. So I, I think that Monty's improving his game as a whole. But it's none of that. Right? Like it's nothing, it's none of the because like I feel like you can find running backs that can do that part. You can find a running back that can run the football. You can find a running back that, especially behind an offensive line that's actually really good at blocking for the run game. You you can find running backs that have that ability. It's a lot harder to find running backs that block really well in the backfield 
and David Montgomery's like really, really good at it. So you might actually have to pay David Montgomery. You heard me finally break down on it here. What are we, week 11? Week 11, I've finally broken down on it. I'm not fully on that, right? Like, I think there's a lot of other options that still could go into that. But you've got a guy here that you know can play. And... You, you you might you might have to keep that guy around because he does a good job of keeping Justin Fields from ending up dead on a lot more plays that he should end up dead on. So I'm willing to admit uh, Monty has changed my mind through this season. Heck of a season by Monty so far, Demo. Um, hey, man, I appreciate you guys tuning in and rocking with us for our first pre-recorded version of The Daily Show. Hit that like button, subscribe to the page, man. We do talk Chicago sports daily on this channel. It's the only channel talking Chicago sports, how Chicago talk. Bears take the L. We'll be talking about this L uh, and, and kind of how they can improve throughout the week. Um, hopefully, we'll be able to see another win here at some point this season. But uh, these are a couple of wins that I thought the Bears would get, and they did not. So I, I think that this is pretty much uh, the lowest that you can get. Um, and I, I guess we'll, we'll be looking forward to draft positioning at some point, right? Kind of seeing where the bears end up draft wise in this whole thing. Uh, right now they sit at the third pick in the draft, I believe. So we'll see kind of where that lands out. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow from 11 to 12. Please appreciate you guys for tuning in and showing love. We'll also be live tonight for the Chicago Bulls versus Boston Celtics game. The plan is for us to do that game from the other studio. We haven't been there in a couple of weeks, so should be a fun time. Make sure you guys pull up for that tonight as well. Hopefully, the Bulls will finally be able to show a little bit of heart, compete, get a dub. Let's get a dub. Let's get a dub. Uh, both Chicago teams have been struggling to get that dub, so let's go get a W. Uh, appreciate you guys for showing love. If you're listening on the podcast side, make sure that you uh, – Leave a five-star review on the podcast. Those do help us. I know you guys kind of might think it, it's very like, oh, I'm just listening. I'm going to move on. Those do help us quite a bit. So make sure that you leave that five-star review. Appreciate you guys for showing love over there. Also, um, if you are a Breeze Superfan and you have yet to check out the Views from the Bleachers podcast, we have that one up. And we'll be dropping that every Thursday. So we'll be recording that this Wednesday again where we, me and Kid or me and whoever, right, we just talk whatever we want to talk about. This uh, Last week, I think we talked about um, how many stars you would give up for Wembenyana. And we talked about uh, the KD, Kyrie, Ben Simmons situation, which seems like Ben Simmons is finally back. So we'll see kind of what that turns into. But, yeah, a uh, lot, of, lot of good insight, a lot of good breakdown on that one, man. Appreciate you guys for showing love to another episode of The Daily Show. Make sure you guys hit that like button, subscribe to the page. We do talk Chicago sports daily on this channel. If any updates come while this is airing or before this airing or anything, we'll get you an update video throughout the day. As always, man, it's your boy, Pat, the designer, back at it again to continue watching our Chicago sports content. Click the links on the screen or check the links in the description below. Y'all stay safe out there, Chicago. Peace. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't 
won't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 